get this right. <laughs> so we'll get this in. AJ, man. It's so good. It, dude, it really is good having you. I know we've been talking about this for, for a minute. <laughs> it would always be something like in passing. Right? Yeah, well, I'd be like, hey, man, I got to get you on the podcast. I got to get you on the podcast. And I think what it was, and, it, and I know, I don't think I was ready for you. I don't think I was, and I and and I mean that in a, the, like the respectful way of like, I feel like I wanted to be warmed up, experienced everything in sense. order to have um, a conversation like this and to, and to really listen to something. I mean, that's like that's what a lot of things nowadays, especially at least in my life, where you where you are anticipating something, like you're looking forward to it, and, and I can see you still like grinding away at it so i never really lost faith that it was gonna not happen but like yeah I, <laughs> I knew that you were looking for the right time and that's how you you know make you want something to be good you gotta you gotta work for make it sure the timing's right yeah, yeah i was in and i was like i i want to be ready for this conversation i want to be oh, ready yeah. for like what we you know this profound you know story because it's not like i i haven't followed it or or, or seen it mm-hmm. so um yeah so we i mean as far as with this this podcast, I, I was just like, I have my, my story. My story is kind of a bit of a sad story for, for, you know, most people, you know, homeless, you know, just kind of dealt with my own abandonment issues. I'll be honest, I don't think I've yeah. ever told me the story. Oh yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, so for me, I left home at a really, really young age. I think it was like 13 or 14. My parents just did not get along and it just got really bad. So mm-hmm. I kind of just took it upon myself to make my own path. And, uh, I lied on my first job application. I said I was 16 when I was like 15 and mm-hmm. I, I got a job. I was already working 50, 60 hours, uh, you know, a week while trying to go to school, I dropped out of school. Um, you know, just kind of got in with the wrong crowd. Heroin was really big in, in Torrington and, and pills and stuff like that. And, you know, got into, uh, some trouble, you know, that, that way, but, you know, really dealt with my own abandonment issues and all that other stuff. But everybody has a story, you know, so my story is more of definitely a sad one, but it seems to be coming to, you know, uh, fruition with all the things that I've, I'm trying to accomplish. I, I, I think I'm not even close to where I want to be. Um, and we have some like huge, uh, announcements and, and, and stuff in the future. Oh, nice. Yeah. So for, so for myself, I feel like, um, I, I'm, I'm doing great, but I, I want to be around other stories, other stories like yourself. So like being having you around and having that type of story, which is something like your story to me and, 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 and we'll do an intro in a second, but those, your story to me was like a nightmare for me. And and I mean that in a respectful way, like, dude, I was like, I don't know. I hate it when I get a cold. I hate when I, when I hurt my, you know, I got in a car accident. I hurt my shoulder. Like I was like, Oh man, this sucks. Mm-hmm. But your story, like of the physicality that you, all the, the pain and everything you had to go through makes me like, holy shit, like how I can't even put my head in there. I don't know what I would do. I don't even know if I would have it. And most people be like, Ben, you're tough as shit. You'd have it. I don't know if that's, I don't know. I mean, so, um, so why don't you, you know, introduce yourself, uh, to everybody and then we'll, you know, you can kind of get into your story. I have a, a couple starter sure, questions. Yeah. And, yeah. Hi. <laughs> hey. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hi, so my name is Andrew Jones, not to be confused with the uh, former outfielder for the Yankees yeah. and what else he played for the Braves, I think. Yeah. He, yeah. Did, he did a UW. Yeah. Not to be confused with him. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, born March 1st, 1990. Same birthday as uh, Justin Bieber. 
I, uh, I, I got my nickname AJ when I was in fourth grade, when I actually first moved up here in Connecticut. But before I even started in Connecticut, I was uh, born in Ohio, Kettering, Ohio. Okay. Same place as Rob Dyrdek was born, and now <laughs> I, I had no intention of to, like associating like, with him. Yeah, with, but or any like, other celebrities or anything yeah, like that. You know, so, Rob Dyrdek. Yeah, Prose yeah, Town. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Just to be more relatable, I guess. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. Born in Kettering, Ohio. No memory of Ohio. Really, I was really young. Yeah. Nineteen ninety. How old were you when you came over here again? Four? I was ten, 10. when I got okay. to Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. So we we did some moving around because my dad worked for an aerospace uh, company. Okay. And um. So they had him moving around and whatnot. And so that like actually became like a normal thing in my life. Moving around? Moving around. Yeah. Cause we, we, so we, uh, I was born in Ohio and they were bouncing around before that, even before I was born. I was born in Ohio. Then we moved to South Florida, then spent a couple of years or so in South Florida. I think like maybe three years. Yeah. Four, three. Uh, no, it was like maybe four and a half years, I want to say. Yeah. And then, um, we moved to Minnesota for 18 months. Okay. And then we moved back to South Florida. Yeah. Like another almost two years and then Connecticut. Yeah. And you have, you're, 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 by the time your accent is like all around because you do have you're that. You're the first person to say that. Dude, yeah. like you have that Minnesota, like you have a little bit of Minnesota in you, Minnesota dude. was this, it was like five are the, the most interesting one. I remember like noticing that as a kid. The like people when, are different. When you go other places, people are mildly different. Yeah, they're so different. Subtle ways, you know. Florida, Southern Florida, dude. Oh man, Southern Ooh, Florida. That is, yeah, they're, I mean, compared to like where you're from and Wing, then now. Hing. Yeah, exactly. And then Wing, now you boom. have Connecticut, which is just a different breed of people. It's but like. I was talking about it today. New York, Boston. Yeah, I mean, but it's like without any of the fun, <laughs> you know. It's like Connecticut is New York, Boston without any of the fun. Yeah, what do you do when you come to Connecticut? You, you drive through it. Yeah, you drive through it. Boston. That's pretty much it. It's like, ooh, look, leaves, and then that's just it. A decision point. Yeah, and and now you plan to stay in Connecticut. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, not really. Not really. Like, like nobody. It, at least it, it's just for someone my age at this time. Yeah, just not really. It's about unless I start getting paid, you know, bonko bucks or something like that. It would be a reason to stay. But even then, like you can find yourself doing much better if you just move, you know, a few hundred miles south. Yeah, anywhere, anywhere, really. Yeah. Um, now for you, I mean, your story for like I said, to most people, I didn't want to like, you know, oh, it's a nightmare. But I mean, I'm just saying, how how did you go about knowing? Um, when did when did you first realize? That there was a there was a problem with your heart, correct? Your, right. your, your heart. When did you first realize that? How old were you? Because you were ten when you so you were ten when you got here, mm-hmm. and then what happened? Uh, well, for the most part, I was fine for the next ten years or so. Yeah, I, I you know grew up. I did sports every single year. There wasn't a year that I wasn't participating in some type of sport. Yeah, and in the summer, I was a part of doing something. You know, made, you know, I had parents that made sure that I was. Uh, active and not just sitting around and, you know, not doing anything, contributing to anything. So that they, they you know, held that over our heads, you know, for a good to be reason. Act, to be active. Yeah, to, yeah, exactly. Take care of yourself. And so I was, uh, my, it was spring break in college. I, w- I was attending the University of New Haven, but a spring break my sophomore year, I'm trying to make, yeah, my sophomore year, I always confuse it, either my sophomore or my junior year, but I was 22 at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the year was 2012, and I was going out. I was at home for spring break, and I, I was going out for a regular jog, like 
normal stuff. You know, I ran track all throughout high school, normal. And as soon as I pick up pace, like, and I use my mailbacks, mailbacks, yeah, my mailbox, yeah, as, yeah, as like a, a reference point. As soon as I started picking up pace, I could just feel it in my chest. There was just like this tightness, and then like when I went to breathe, I was just like. Like it felt like it, 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 like my lungs had turned into sponges. What? That's how I describe it. Yeah. Or if you like, if you have like a sponge at home, and I'm talking like the the big like ones that have the holes. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Just like put your head, like your face into it and try to try breathe. to breathe. That's what it felt like. Really? Yeah. Like don't really smother yourself. You just kind of like yeah, gently, yeah. Don't smother yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But like you're breathing through the sponge. Um, and I was like, okay, that's that's just not right. And I just come to a dead stop, turn around. And before I even get back in my house, I'm on the phone with my my primary. Yeah. And so I see him the next day. He listens to my heart. He doesn't really, you know, hear anything, but he puts me on this Holter monitor. Mm-hmm. And so for the next 24 hours, I would just went and did regular stuff. I even worked out with it. Yeah. I didn't miss a workout. Yeah. So I uh, went back the next day, and they, you know, did had this long printout showing the um, my cardiac rhythm, my heart rate. And they're like, yeah, there's some irregular heart rhythms in here, and we're going to refer you to a cardiologist because since they're regular, you, you need a cardiologist now. Yeah. So they referred me to a cardiologist, went and saw him not you know, a few days later, and he said, so what you have is a, a myocarditis, which we're assuming is brought on by a virus because you don't have a family history, so it's not you know, genetic. And there's, um, been no, there's been nothing pre-diagnosed, no, no problems Exactly. Anything before yeah, this. I was an athlete. I was okay. doing sports like okay. every year of my life. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, but the thing is, uh, it's not uncommon for young black males to have heart issues even when they are healthy. Yeah. If anything, that could actually make them more prone. Okay. Uh, but um, I had this viral myocarditis, which is inflammation of the cardiac tissue brought on by a virus. Okay. And um, it's not official, but... I know that it was the same vi- the the virus that causes strep. I'd gotten strep in college two year um, twice, uh, my sophomore year. Yeah, and so I would say that the timeline kind of added up to that. So it was okay, just, that had to be because the virus that causes strep has the ability to infiltrate cardiac tissue. Okay, I didn't know that irreversible damage. Yeah, so <laughs> and it, it, it it does damage, but irreversible because cardiac tissue doesn't regenerate. And so, and then, you know, now, and then that became my advocacy for, you know, stem cell research. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, okay, make sure. I need some stem cells now, please. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, uh, it, it really, you know, as time went on, I was able to still work out. I was still able to go to the gym, run. But, you know, it was right after I graduated is when I started, you know, things started to really feel, started to succumb to the disease a little bit more. Yeah. I was getting out of breath like running up the stairs just slightly and then, you know, lifting, it was different. It, it, like I didn't really get out of breath with lifting, but any cardio respiratory or cardiovascular exactly, work. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Something aerobic or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, that directly affects the heart. And then, um, eventually it started affecting my lifting, you know, starting to burn out earlier. Yeah, you couldn't, couldn't get the uh, reps, but weight, all, all that stuff really didn't bother you. But it was when you were trying to do like a higher rep range. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it was just like not there. Yeah. And that's 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 defeating, especially yeah. somebody who's been performing since there was a child. Parents really pushing like, hey, you need to, you know, keep yourself in shape. And I imagine you had that mentality, mm-hmm. you know, so 
now all of a sudden this happens and then what? Like what, what happens? I mean, you, you kind of, at this point, I'm too in my head that like, oh, uh, once I was, you know, diagnosed with this, 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 uh, cardiac, I didn't even want to call it a disease at the point because it was so mild. Like I was, it wasn't debilitating at the time. And I say, okay, this is the worst it's going to get. You know, they gave me, put me on two prescriptions, two medications. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's the fine. worst I can get. Yeah, fine. Saw a heart commercial. I'm like, yeah, it's that's not, not me. That's the, I don't look like that. Y- yeah. Running through fields and flowers and stuff. <laughs> like, and and did that and, and it, is it also a bit of your ego that's like I don't have a disease. I'm I'm yeah, fine. You're young. You're I'm in college, fine. and you want you know you you want to be able to participate. And and here's the thing: I wasn't like big into partying in college. Like I knew how to have a good time. I think I was lucky for me. I found a balance real quickly. I knew that I wasn't a person that liked going out to loud places all the time. Yeah, you know, where communi- vocal communication is just yeah, you know. Not a thing. No, yeah, <laughs> you can't I, talk. I, yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah, it's like, but, but it's like, because for for some of us, it's like you find that balance early on because you're like, I don't, it's, it's not in me to be like the blackout drunk type and and you know to be yelling over people I don't at a think club. I've it, ever blacked out. It doesn't feel good. So I could I, see why somebody who values health to not want to do it. You know, you really like myself in a blackout. You're like, yeah, oh. I feel like I've had really bad nights and I still remember them. And I'm like, how do you go? past that point like, but why would you want to so it's like for you you health is obviously you know very important to you but now you have this virus that now is you know really it doing a number on you yeah. now when now how does it progress from here because right now you're in at this point in your life where you're like hey i don't have that disease i don't have that disease well not me I, yeah I, I didn't really start accepting it until i actually couldn't go to the gym anymore I so, so I was um, had left college, graduated thankfully because it really would have made it harder if I didn't graduate and still. Uh, so I you know got got out of college and I was just like everyone else. I was you know prospective for a full time job anywhere I could find, and um, at the time I found an opportunity with Enterprise. Yeah. Um, and and also at the time I was I was with somebody. Uh, I was seeing somebody for like past couple of years. And, um, you know, that's worth mentioning because they, it, it, it's stuff like this. It, it really affects your relationships. And, Huge. And so I found myself, um, because I was getting more fatigue often, I wasn't getting less sleep. I was getting shortness of breath in my sleep. So I sometimes I had to prop my, like, sit up in my sleep. Because, you know, when you, when you lie back, you have, uh, at this point, you're starting to have congestive heart failure. So uh, the, the congestion of the of your heart not being able to pump fluid through the first place it goes is your lungs so you now have edema in your lungs which makes it harder to breathe so when you lie back it's almost like acid reflux as a matter of fact before i even graduated college i remember going to the infirmary at my school and they diagnosed me with acid reflux because i described the symptoms as such yeah but and, it was that. But it was this instead. And, oh you know, my I'm God. Like, I would think back. I'm like, how did they not know that? <laughs> well, and I mean, like, I, that's a, exactly y- a young, I, healthy yeah. person comes in here and, and they're going to be like, hey, you man, you got acid I'm reflux. Lifting, I'm working out. You I'm, lo- and you look the way that you do. And I was let's competing be honest. in physique shows, too. I was like, I got my pro card. And yeah. that was all while, you know, the, the symptoms were still mild. Yeah. But, you know. And they're like, here, have a Tums. You're like, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, here, have this have this Tums. the one they gave me was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Was it the orange one? Orange it was like good. Orange, yeah, orange one is good. Really good. Yeah, you, you know, it. you know. <laughs> Holy shit! Maybe I, I have like, that. Maybe oh, I wait, have why that. Why don't I just snack on these? Yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I just think it's like, it, it's so, it, to see it like slowly progress and then to see some of the pictures, I'll put up the pictures um, of you, you know, in there because I, I think they're just so shocking to come from like what you're saying is like, I don't, I don't have that. And then, and then to be like, well then now all of a sudden, you know, sitting up or, or laying back is terrible. I mean, it is, was it scary? Like when you first started to have that happen, you're like, I can't breathe. Like when well, I go to sleep, it wasn't scary would- to the point where I couldn't, couldn't breathe. Like it was just to the point where like, you're just uncomfortable and you can't get to sleep. Yeah. So you, you end up having a bad night's sleep. Eventually your body just says, okay, we have to sleep no matter what. Yeah. Um, sometimes you, you know, find relief. Sometimes it goes away, but you know, the more and more as time went on, it just, it was more frequent. Yeah, it was in, and then if you did, if I did start overexerting myself, I'd start coughing and then eventually I'd start coughing up fluid with, you know, like pink fluid pink. and eventually blood. And that's blood, is that just blood tissue from the lungs? Uh, it's just like tissue around the lungs? I can't, I don't think it's from the lungs. No, yeah. I would, oof, I think that would be really bad news. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it would, was, um, I think it was just, um, just the fluid from retention from oh, edema. Oh. So yeah, whatever my that's lungs good. was catching on that my heart was. Not doing not well. through. Yeah, not doing well. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the reality of it. Let's say you would have basically pneumonia-like symptoms okay. at this point because you, with heart failure, you also can have fever and chills. Uh-huh. And so, you know, one time I was brought to the hospital, and this is like as it begins to progress. Yeah. I was brought to uh, UConn, actually. And, um, uh, yeah, actually, it was after, and so it was a weird night, actually. The person I was seeing, I, my car was parked in front of their house, and it was a manual transmission. It was a little shiny red Jetta. Yeah. And it was cold at the time, which, you know, definitely yeah, didn't help n- with my breathing. So. And not good for Volkswagens either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it slipped out of gear, and it rolled back in the driveway, and it almost rolled down a hill. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, no more car. Yeah. But um, it, it got, it like caught itself on the hill, so I needed a tow truck to come and pull it out. Yeah. From the stress, running back and forth inside their house and whatnot, I just, like, I started getting the chills. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go home. I'm not feeling well. I feel like the flu. And I'm telling you, these were the chills that I've never had before. Like, um, I eventually I ended up finding out that I had like 107 degree fever once I got to the hospital. I mean, that's, that's that's like almost, almost near death, man. Yeah, That's it. It wasn't comfortable. Like I was uncontrollably shaking my, I had the heat blasting. I didn't want to leave my car because I didn't want it to go outside to get into my room. Yeah. And I eventually got to my room and I covered myself with my blanket. I surrounded myself with a space heater and the chills were just still there. And Ugh. like, and at this point I'm coughing really, really hard. I'm on the phone with my girlfriend cause she was worried with, for me. And I just couldn't even talk to her cause I just kept coughing and coughing. I, so I, you know, I hang up, I tell her I'm going to be fine. I go to my bathroom. I start coughing up blood in my sink and whatnot. And then luckily my brother shows up. Because at this point, I'm like, I'm just having a you, coughing fit. Like, I should just, like... You don't know what to do. I, yeah. I, honestly, I don't know if that's what I was thinking at the point. I didn't know. I, I guess I wasn't thinking clearly. Yeah. You know, obviously. But my oldest brother, Martin, shows up. Uh, and he's like, I, I think this might be related to your heart. I think we should go to the hospital. And he was right. Yeah. And it ended up being... So now you're you're coughing up blood. Mm-hmm. Your brother your brother comes in. You got a hundred and seven degree temperature. They yeah, bring you to the hospital, hospital, and then and you know so that now what happens? Uh, go to the hospital, um, diagnosed with pneumonia like symptoms, uh, and then comes one of the most painful moments of my life physically. Yeah, 
and uh, so part of the workup to start eliminating things that they're now uh, suspecting that is help uh, heart failure. They start also eliminating things, so they start um, checking for certain diseases. Mm-hmm. In this case, they wanted to check for uh, leukemia. Okay. And the way they do that is through a bone marrow uh, biopsy, yeah. Yeah. which is at least one of the ways they do it. But for me, it was a bone marrow biopsy. That's the way they did it. Yep. And my, uh, I, that they took from my upper pelvis, so like lower back. Yeah. Oh, man, right there in the hospital bed, they do it. They don't bring into a room or anything. Yeah, they're, they're just, just like, hey, here you are. They, you know, local anesthetic, and then, you know, the way if it's... They just you know, drill into you? Yeah, yeah. They start with an incision. Um, they, you know, introdu- I think they, it's like an introductory uh, port that they put in. Uh, That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. We're going to cut your back. It's an introductory port. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, well, oh, this is well, going to be great. The incision, and then they put the, uh, I, I want to call it like a tube-like thing. I don't know what the, these tools are, but then eventually it comes a uh, drill that they go in, and then, and then what they do is they take a long needle that pulls the marrow out, and man, like... I had to grip my nurse's hand so hard. That's got to be so painful. I hurt her, but um, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're like I didn't hurt her. But yeah. yeah, my you know my lips were purple. I just yeah, easily one of the most painful experiences of my life. Like I just, I think that probably was a blackout. Was like, that was probably the experience that, time was I yeah. blacked out? Well, like, that's a you know hell of a way to black out. It's not oh, like oh yeah, Goldschlager. Yeah, it's yeah. oh they're it's an access port in my yeah. ass. You know that they're drawing stuff from. I mean, you know that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like now it's like uh, looking back, I'm like, dang, I got to experience that that high tolerance for pain. Now. Yeah, like, at least you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes that's good and bad. You know, having a higher tolerance for pain because one, when you are in actual pain, then you can't. Um, you're like, oh, I'm fine, and then they're like, No, you're not fine, and then you're like, Oh, okay. I, I thought I was fine. So like high high tolerance of pain sometimes can be a good and a bad thing because mm-hmm. I've done yeah, it too where I've been like, no, like, I'm fine. They're like, dude, you tore your arm. Your arm's you're torn. Like, yeah, and especially you're like, when oh. your adrenaline's pumping too. So. Exactly, exactly. Yep. So then, so they deemed out, they, they just go, hey, hey, this, is, this isn't what it is. Yeah, no leukemia, which yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah go I, ahead. that would have been it. Yeah. Because leukemia would definitely cause heart failure and then just tons of other problems. Like, so. yeah. You know, you look back at all these tests, like another test I had to wait for was HIV. Yeah. And that was like, it's like a you don't know where to go. You just, I was like frozen in time. Any I had to wait du- like yeah. a week for that. Bro, any dude that gets tested, right? Or just like, okay, what did I do? Like, you're like, you're like, you're That's like, exactly uh, right. a couple years ago. No, That's not exactly her. No, right. She's fine. And you're in you know? college and you're just like, bro, everybody, every guy, every person does that. It's not just, you know, um, you know, it's, girls too i imagine but dudes are just like i mean i only yeah. know because i'm a dude so i'm just always like oh man this is terrible but then you're like oh you're fine you're like oh, yeah exactly oh. yeah, yeah but, i mean yeah. it's still important to get yourself tested it like, is that's such an important conversation yeah i agree so then you know as far as with now what do they do with your heart though were they just like so at this point they're monitoring my heart um, because they released me, mm-hmm. uh, right before New Year's Eve and I'm like looking forward to it. I'm like, yeah, I'm, uh, party. Yeah. No. I, I really just wanted some normalcy. Yeah. From, apart from like going to the hospital and stuff. And, um, yeah, the holidays were coming up and, um, uh, make it through the holidays and I'm trying to align myself. So yeah, spring was like, um, yeah. Spring was like like probably the next like eventful part of, of this whole journey. Yeah. Um, because through that, I got out of the hospital, uh, but then ended up going back into the Yukon to get the uh, pacemaker. Okay. So now you're on a pacemaker. Yep. 
Just, and I got okay. the pacemaker because so they were like, yeah, you are in heart failure. Yeah. And you got to get this. So. And now pace. that's under your skin? Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and the crazy thing is at, uh, during this time, like when it was warming up, actually like shortly before I ended up going into the hospital for the long haul, I went to a auto parts store. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, I'd gotten out of my car and like, I thought I had just stood up too fast. Mm-hmm. Because it started off as like a head rush. And then I'm walking in. I'm like, dang, man, I was like probably sitting down for too long. And yeah. Head rush is getting stronger and stronger as I'm getting to the counter. And then like, I didn't want to go to the counter, but oops. Yeah. I didn't want to go to the counter st- instinctively. I wanted to, go, I knew exactly where I wanted to go to get a product. And I go, my body just takes me to the counter because something's not right. Yeah. And I get to the counter and I just lean on the counter. I just look at the guy. And he's like, can I help you? And I just, I'm just like, and like, I want to say I, I need help, but like, I still at this moment, I didn't want to admit it. Like I Did wanted you? to just be like, I'm like, I just want to lean here for a minute. Yeah. And then I just put my head down and he knew like right away something wasn't right. Cause I, either yeah. I didn't look right, but everything started like, you Spinning. know, no, it was more like everything got really bright. Yeah. And then like, like everything was kind of like loud for a second. And there was like an ambulance right up the street that came right down. Cause you pat? Did you pat? You passed right. I out. didn't fully pass out, but it was. Um, yeah, but it was. It was, was near that. Like I think I just like had like, I think I was able to like talk myself through it or something. But like, or my heart was able to power through is what it was because I was slipping into heart failure. Yeah. Um, I got back up, and I was just like, okay, all right, Whew, a little bit out of breath. Ambulance people show up, paramedic and whatnot, and they're like. Put, they put me in the back of the ambulance and I, uh, they're looking over and they're like, yeah, your heart isn't looking good at all. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, yeah, okay. And then, so they, they say, <laughs> they're, they're like, yeah, we should, you know, we, we, we'd want to come and monitor you at, you know, the nearest hospital. I'm like, you know, I'm going to deny that, right? And, and so, yeah, they're like, you denied the are ride. you sure? And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm like thinking like if my parents find out they're going to have to fly in from Florida, oh, it's going to be this whole thing. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm like, yeah, you're not thinking I'm clearly like, though. I can think? understand you. I can speak. I'm fine. Like, yeah, I'm just going to go sit in my car and just go home. I should have went to the hospital, man. Yeah. I was supposed to see my friend that night. Cause that was the other thing I was looking forward to. He was in town from, you know, he was in New York. So I wanted to see him that same night. I went and sat in my car for like 25 minutes and then I was like, all right, you know, maybe I just need some food. Mm-hmm. I go into the Panera bread that's nearby. Yeah. And I just sit next to the fireplace. Yeah. Cause I, my body was so cold. Yeah. I just sat next to that little in the fireplace and I, they probably thought I was a homeless person or something. Because well, I, dude, you're sitting in a Panera bread. I order anything. Yeah. I just like, no broccoli and cheddar soup, dude. <laughs> Come on. I just sat there and fell asleep and I kept telling myself, I'm going to get some food because, you know, it's just probably weird that I'm looking. And I, I started falling asleep. Yeah. Well, I mean, your heart is not. I was, I was out. I was. Like, going out of whack. Yeah. Man. My it's whole body was like, why the fuck did you go to that hospital? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And eventually I finally get the energy to get back to my car, go see my friend. And I didn't eat anything for the next day or so. And then. It just wasn't going to come down. It, w- uh, it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Like yeah. I just, yeah, my body's just like, shouldn't take a goddamn hospital. Like, yeah. And so I end up just staying in my room, living in my room, 
not wanting to go up and down the stairs because that meant like exerting yourself and fear probably yeah, you probably had a fear of like making that happen again and being in an embarrassing situation or embarrassing in the in the sense of like being in the middle of a what an auto zone or auto parts store and you know honestly, pass almost passing out honestly you know it may be like shortly after i probably felt embarrassed but like after no it's like reality like oh no i know now i mean you're probably like hey man that's what oh, was gonna yeah, happen yeah. you know you're but just not but when you're that. you're young you're in the moment you're just like dude whew, that sucked you know but now you're like come on what was the option your yeah. heart is just like yeah exactly this ain't yeah. gonna happen exactly right yeah so then what's what's the what's the turning point to know that now um the heart that you have is no longer going to be the heart that you are going to have for the rest of your life. So when, it, when do you get that? Yeah, that was, um, so by, by, at this point, um, parents are home cause they're snowbirds and, um, have the pacemaker. Uh, it, it was one day. I remember it was a nice day too. I just, just wanted to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I like every time I would get up in the morning, I just, I would sit on the side of my bed not do anything and my mom I think just hated to see me not be doing anything she, she would try to like give me chores to do and stuff and I'm like to do laundry why would you give me chores I can't <laughs> like <laughs> but she wanted to see me doing something so I, I would literally just go down and like to the next room and just sit somewhere mm. and then she's like here let's go for a walk and have you I had seen my cardiologist a day or so before so they had my weight down and everything uh one of the things that as a heart failure patient you have to monitor your weight yeah. in case you have a sudden weight gain or loss, usually weight gain from the um, congestive heart failure. So you're retaining more fluid over time. Okay. And um, I went for a walk with my mom and I just couldn't even make it down halfway our street. And I was like, there's a hill coming up here and I'm not coming back. You get to the other point. You have to go get the car and come back. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, if, if things yeah, aren't happening, really, they're happening. So we turn around, come back. And then she goes, she call, she's my mom's concern. She, you know, she's a mom, calls my doctor, says, uh, and he tells her uh, to have me weigh myself. I'm like six, seven pounds overweight since the last like day and a half that I yeah. saw my cardio. She's like, and he says, okay, yeah, that's, that's, and in, you know, way too much that you can gain in that period of time. You need to come to the hospital. The fl- so it's the fluid. The fluid the retention, fluid retention. Yeah, okay. major indicator. So, you know, at this point, um, you know, there was nothing else indicative on, like if you could look at me and see. So my, my ankles weren't, you know, swelling or anything like that. But he says, you need to come to the hospital. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no more doctor's appointments. And no, 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 you're trying to swindle me. Yeah. I'm hitting the gym later today. You can't stop me. Yeah. But no, how's your, but no your gym, gym sessions? Yeah, no but you're, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, at this point, I'm, I'm not even working. Yeah. I was prospective to work for that rental company, Enterprise, yeah. actually. Yeah. And the way they had it structured is that you have three days to, uh, three days for the managerial trainee program, whatever they called it. And um, it's three days of this in- intensive, which wasn't using classroom training, yeah. basic stuff. And you, you couldn't even do that. I didn't even focus in it. I barely focus. Yeah. I showed up and I just didn't even want to be in a suit. I'm like, trying to give a presentation and I'm good at giving presentations. I, they probably thought I was super nervous. Yeah. And I'm probably, now I feel insulted. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I was, I wasn't nervous. It was my heart. It was my heart. I really couldn't, fuck, yeah. I'm sweating. I couldn't stand. I literally couldn't stand. Yeah. For, and then that, and try to give a presentation. So the stresses and all that just compounded. It was like the worst I've ever been. Yeah. And at the end of the training, 
they move you onto your your respective office somewhere near your home, which would be nice. And I called out sick on my first day. Yeah, because you yeah you I, couldn't. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, I, I have to call out sick. I can't even get out of bed. Yeah. I had my clothes laid out ready. And I called out sick, and it just, you know, obviously didn't look good, but if I did, I probably would have died. It's like, a good it's a good reason. It's not like, a, I mean, they, they don't know that, and you don't even know that yet, mm-hmm. right? Exactly, so you, so you yeah. don't even know that yet. So so then when you go in. So I go into the hospital. Back to the hospital. Back to the yeah. hospital. My mom's the one who basically got me to go in the hospital. I just Yeah, you don't, didn't want to go, yeah. Things. Hospital sucks. So, yeah, um, I get to the hospital, and. You know, they put me in a bed, and then they put me in this weird, like, I guess they was, like, busy or something, but they put me in, in a room alone with, like, a bunch of, like, it's basically, like, a utility closet. Yeah. It was cozy and yeah. quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like I Harry like Potter. It. You're like, like Harry I Potter with a heart problem. You're just, like, just underneath like, the stairs. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> my own room. Yeah, this is nice. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, I was finally able to, for some reason, I, I remember being in that room, and I just remember just being quiet. Yeah. Like, oh, I can lie down and rest. Relax. Okay, and so a doctor comes in. It's a doctor I've seen before, so I recognize him. And he's like, so, yeah, it's looking like your uh, your fluid retention's moved on from your lungs to your liver. And so that's just, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like, it, it, the fact that it's anywhere but just your lungs means that your heart failure has gotten worse. So we have to admit you. And I'm like, oh, great. So I'm thinking, like, Okay, I'll be here for like two weeks or something, you know, because that's like what has been standard every time I've been admitted for my pacemaker, for the time I was coughing up blood. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. And so he goes, and so the other thing is, you know, with the condition of your heart, you know, the fact that it's deteriorating outside of the hospital, um, you know, at this point, your heart has irreversible damage. You can't go on without the heart you have now. So we'll have to transplant you. And so I'm like, let's get it done. What, like, <laughs> what, what do you think? What does somebody think when that happens? Like, what did you re- did you think that hey, this is gonna be another I two weeks? Like, you're, like, like you're saying though, like you thought it was gonna. I be I thought weeks. it was gonna be like two weeks. So this is like the first time, my first lesson in organ and tissue transplantation. Yeah, because after this, you learn, you learn firsthand exactly how the process goes. Yeah, um, I knew that there was a waiting list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that, you know, just by, you know, I I knew that it was a thing. I'm like, oh, I'm an organ donor, which means that it's probably like everyone else is an organ yeah. donor. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize that it came down to blood type and size of the donor and specific antibodies. Yeah, timing. Yeah. Um, and then just looking at, you know, the general wait times for, you know, you're looking two, maybe four years for a heart. I mean, kidneys. Two to four years. Yeah. I mean, and then kidneys. It, and it also depends geographically, but that's a national average. Yeah. Yeah. Kidneys, easily five plus years. Yeah. A lot of kidneys going around, but just. Oh. But it's, it's geographically where a, it is. Yeah, yeah. And diabetes is just so common. Yeah. And, um, and, but for a heart, you know, he, does he tell you that? Now, when did he tell no, you No, he that? didn't tell me all that. He was telling me that I needed a heart transplant. He was giving me the cold cut, you know. You and need I, a heart that's transplant. That's pretty much the way I'd like to be told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you need a heart, we need a transplant. You, But my response to that was not what you think, like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. It was really, my response to that was, was optimistic because I thought it was 
a lot simpler than I had expected it to be. Yeah. You're like, let's go. Let's go. Parts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give me one. The old one. It's just like car parts. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> not working. And yeah, put it yeah. back in. You're good to go. You're like I, go I change, change a tire on my Jetta all the time. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you kind of. They kinda... make it look so easy in movies, yeah, right? Yeah. It's true. It, yeah, that's true. They're like, yeah, we have it in this igloo cooler. Yeah, and they see, get it over. That's the discussion I've been had. Is, yeah. Is to, part of the uh, the process is in what take what it takes for this to happen. Yeah. What um, takes to get the igloo cooler. And how you can be a part of it, too. Yeah. So he tells me, you need a heart transplant. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so they admit me, and the first thing they do is they put me on a diuretic. I swear to you. Especially apart from the all, everything else of being a heart transplant, you just have such fascination and appreciation for the human body. They put me on diuretics. I peed easily two hours in the next, uh, two liters in the next, like, six hours. Real, oh, because of all, all, the, all the, fluid the fluid and everything? Retention. Yeah. I never knew that that was, like, inside A thing, of me. yeah. And You're then, just like, what is, where is this coming from? And you know what? When the fluid was all gone, I was like, I feel so much better. Like, I feel I was pretty like, good. <laughs> I, like, I called the nurse. I was like, nurse. I could leave. Exactly. <laughs> I could leave, I right? Like, I feel She's great. Like, no. I was like, I don't know, I think about me leaving this. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> you goodbye. are in the ICU. Like, I'm yeah. in the ICU at this point. There's no just... <laughs> you, you can't leave. just go. Yeah. yeah like, You're like, no, 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 I'm good. <laughs> it takes... They have to have meetings and stuff. Give me the probability of me leaving. Zero. Okay, just get, get back <laughs> uh, in the bed. Yeah. Did you get a heart transplant? <laughs> yeah. No. 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 So that was the that was the plan. Yeah. ICU for heart transplant. Um, Me being me, communications grad from out of college... Starts communicating with everyone, get to know the place, you know, who's who and, you know, who should look out for. Everyone's really cool, um, especially with, like, what they have to do for work, what the things that they see. It's really – now I have this special place in my heart for nurses. Well, it's, it, but it's also, that. like – I mean, I'm around a lot of people in, like, the medical field, and you have the similar – we have a dark sense of humor. Like, we do. Like, we yeah, have a dark sense of humor. You'll grow a dark sense of humor, yeah. You will when, when – when terrible things happen to you and they happen to you and you can, you can either make it like the victim and run away from it and make it this terrible thing. Or you could be like a lot of, I mean, at least I have. And from what I know of you and how we've interacted, we laugh about a lot of it. You know what I mean? We say crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and it's because we appreciate it. And nurses, darkest sense of humor mm-hmm. doctors even worse oh my you know God. And it's like the, the nasty stories oh they tell me. it's I'm like, like insane yeah but it's i don't want my doctor like oh, i don't know if you want to know. i don't want that i yeah. want a guy's gonna joke around about it mm-hmm. so so now they they're pretty much they've they've diagnosed that you need a new heart yep that you have to like this end is stage, what's going to happen and stage uh heart failure stage heart point, failure yeah. so now where do you how long now are you in the hospital for? All right. So I was in, at this point, it was 2015. I was in there. I believe I went in there in May. Yeah. That's if I'm remembering correctly. It's already been six years. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was in, I ended up being there for just over, a little bit over four months. Oof. And I yeah. was, I mean, yeah. And then when you gain perspective, people there for much longer, they never leave. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, four months, though, four in months, the hospital. Though, yeah. Like when you're, when you're supposed to be out of college and supposed to be exploring the world, you know, doing all that stuff, it's weird. So you, 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 me being me growing up as someone who's moved around a lot, learn to adapt, especially socially. 
going from South Florida and then going to Minnesota. Yeah. Like, it, you adapt. You know. Um, yeah. So I, uh, you know, befriended the nurses because um, the first thing I wanted to make sure I had were, you know, just rapport, clout, so you can get, like, you know, sneak a popsicle when there aren't any left. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not really, but yeah, you, you just want to gain that. You want to have the trust. You want to be able to put your trust in these people. So you got to get to know them and get to know them fast. And I guess it's just basically advice for anyone who finds themselves going into the ICU, because there's it, it's a different world when, especially if you're doing this for the first time, putting your trust in people you've just met, like for them to do so many things, is very humanizing. Yeah, it, like you, it, when you just have to ex- just accept that. Um, I mean, if you end up being as sick as I was, you kind of just will. Yeah. Um, cause you're desperate to be better, but yeah, going, moving into the ICU, you're surrounded by death. Yeah. Um, it's watching families show up to, uh, come and say goodbye to a loved one. Um, nurses, they just part of their job. So you're seeing, you know, a lot of sadness, but you're also seeing a lot of like nurses just, you see your nurse dealing with one family who's not having a good day and then just turn around and go to another family. Like the other family just, I don't want to say doesn't exist, but the fact that they are able to just switch that, you know, their situation so easily. Yeah. And so you're, to me seeing that is like, okay, so I was right. Good thing I didn't go to medicine <laughs> yeah. school or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Um, well, you get to see, you get to see them change gears and not drag somebody else's situation into somebody else's life situation. Yeah. Because it's such a sensitive situation. And now, are you worried at, at any point throughout this this four-month stint of your own mortality? Like, are you thinking of your own mortality? Are you like, oh, my God. I am. I'm gonna, you know, are you, you know, like, oh, boy. I, I think it was the optimist in me that, you know, they say it's always good to be, you know, be optimistic when you're going through something like that. I think there was just such an overwhelming part of that about myself. And I kept telling myself, I, even my best friend, I actually had this discussion with him recently. I I said, I asked him, were you ever worried? And he said, no, the way you described it and just knowing who you are, like you, like I I spent all this time I dedicated to fitness in college. You know, I, I do wonder though, what would happen if I was, you know, Typical college students to come to the social life, partying, yeah. drinking a lot, didn't take care of, ate whatever. Overweight, probably you know, really unhealthy. Turned out as well. Yeah, probably not. I mean, um, there's something to say with you being in, in, in good physical condition and also knowing uh, pain and, and, exactly. and pushing yourself through really uncomfortable situations um, could kind of prep you a little bit better than the person who is has chosen easy path, yep. you know, the couch over the bench, you know, yep. you know, type and of mentality. When you, ha- when you live that lifestyle, you don't have the self-empowerment to well, self-empower you when that's all that's left, when you don't have a bench press to, you know, turn to and, you know, let out your, although, you know, there's a pit, that picture of me doing push-ups in my ICU room, which yeah. my doctor said, do not do. You have like four ports inside of you right now. And you think that's a good idea. And I'm like, it's not a good idea, but man, I got to do something. Yeah, I'm going crazy. This turned into me like skateboarding around on my IV pole. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. Don't recommend. Not <laughs> yeah, don't do it. I, I did it. And yeah. I, I just did it. And so like it, it was just. The push-ups, the push-ups they picture. Me, they even upgraded my pole to like have nicer wheels so it wasn't as Squeaky. As yeah, squeaky. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we'll give you a more. Yeah, like, but like they let me be me, which is just astounding. 
for them. You know, I can't believe they put up with that bullshit. The 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 push up picture is extremely empowering. Like it's um, it's very moving. One of the to first see. to it's, go viral. I've I've never um, I don't think I've ever seen anything like or had a response to. I was I just looked and I was like, holy shit! I I, I think I might have said that out loud. I was just like, wow, holy shit! It was. It's that's in. And that's just such an incredible picture, you know? I knew it was the right thing to post because there's the thing about empowerment, motivation, inspiration. You see those words fly around on Instagram, social media all the time. Mm-hmm. Hashtag motivation, inspiration. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a real thing. And it and it literally is a great the greatest example of what you give is what you get in return. Mm-hmm. So I knew that by posting that, people would see that, like, holy shit. Like, yeah. We don't have any excuses anymore. Self-empowerment. Exactly. And then I saw what people were saying underneath that, and I'm just fed off of that over and over. How again. many get your asses up and get to the gym did you see underneath your photo? Like, I would be like, dude, you have nothing to bitch it, about. It get like, your yeah, ass it up. It was like, I have no excuses anymore. It's uh, yeah. That's got to feel good. That's got to feel good. It did, and like the, it, I knew that I was still myself. It, it's Exactly. Like, it's got to feel good, and what you were doing is, you know, inspiring others. Now, how do you leave after four, like, where do you go? How do you leave? Like, how do you leave That's the hospital after four, four months? I've tried, all right, so I've tried, you know, the skateboard thing on my IV pole. I've tried skateboarding as fast as I could out the doors before they closed. <laughs> I've tried dressing as a nurse to get out of the hospital. Uh, I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just like, all right, get back, get back here. Yeah. Hey, they're a little cutie. You're like, hey. And they're like, whoa. Just bring the IV pole to floor one. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, in my case, there was no getting better. Okay. Cardiac tissue doesn't regenerate. There's no getting better. You need our transplant. Um, but there is one other way you can. So maybe like half a month into my stay at the ICU, when they're doing all the work up, after they do all the work up, they had to do all this stuff. They had to take my teeth, my breathing, to make sure that I was even healthy enough to get to the surgery. So it's one thing needing a heart transplant. You got to pass all these tests. To know that you can even get Thankfully, there. Thankfully, I was working out yeah. and brushing and flossing, apparently. Yeah. Um, and breathing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they do all those tests, and they um, they also want to introduce you to all the possibilities. Like, they want to give you as much information as possible. And through that, these people, these representatives from uh, Medtronic, who actually come back in the story later, they show up with these brochures. And at this point, this is like when people, a lot of people are coming to your room and leaving, so... And there's no privacy if you're an ICU yeah. patient. Got to get used to it. Um, there's no getting used to it. Uh, I'm like, oh, God, there's more people coming in my room. Like, I just want to just, you know, I have my PlayStation and stuff set up. And I'm like, just trying to play some Last of Us. Uh, so they come into my room and they want to talk to me about this thing that, you know, might be an option for you. And again, I'm thinking back to like seeing commercials of heart failure medications and all the older people. Yeah. I say old people, but older yeah. people that didn't look like me yeah. that were just, I didn't relate to. I'm like, I don't, I don't look at me. This is the worst that it's going to get. You know, I work out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, like, it's fine. Um, they're showing me the LVAD, the ventricular assist devices. Uh, and, oh, you know, I forgot to bring my, my little trophy with the one that had it. Ugh. Oh, that's fine. All right. Well, yeah. Then it's cool. yeah. Anyway, it, it was this, this, this technology that's been around basically since the 60s and 70s. I want to say the 50s, actually. But, um, you know, before then, you had to be in the hospital to have it. Uh, they said, you know, a lot of people, when they have heart failure, they, you know, 
parts of their heart, especially their left ventricular, which is considered the most, you know, more important part of the heart, will start to fail just like yours is right now. And there's this machine we'll put inside you and it'll bring it, it'll help you. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's terrible. But you have to wear it like, and like but they said you have to wear the computer and battery packs, which was just, you know, it was unflattering. And I, I just, I'm thinking back to how naive I was. And I'm like, Andrew, this is like, if I, if, if me now could go back and like hop into my brain, I'm like, Andrew, this is life-saving technology. Pay yeah. Attention. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, I don't like the battery packs around my belt. That's, that's the, yeah, like, the yeah, one yeah. thing I hate the most about me is just yeah. my attitude, like part yeah. of my attitude back then. Um, and so I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I won't need this stuff. Like get it out of my face. Like I'm going to get my transplant. And so I, I, I probably, I may have just well jinxed myself at that point. Um, that was the test. That was like, you need to admit that there's something wrong with you. Look at you. You're in the hospital. You're tethered to the bed. Like I can't leave unless they come and switch the ports out of another machine that allowed me to walk around. And so uh, living in the hospital, I have friends come and go. I consider myself very lucky mm-hmm. given my situation where other people, patients are so sick that they're asleep or just sedated. Yeah. Families, they just come and try to keep them company in it. I'm awake. I'm playing PlayStation. They brought me little flat screen TVs, and this is why the best nurses in the world. Yeah. They're they're literally treating me like a kid at the children's hospital. Yeah. Kids at the children's hospital didn't chill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, because like, you're playing PlayStation. I'm just playing hanging PlayStation. Out. Yeah. I mean, they probably got really cool things too. But, yeah. Um, they, you know, they bring me the TV, and I'm I, I'm able to chat and game with my friends. The Wi-Fi was strong enough to support that. Can <laughs> yeah, you believe? Yeah, that? yeah, I believe it. <laughs> and I like, mean, they want you to, you know, and they, it you was know, the be guest Wi-Fi. I didn't want. I was using the you know hospital Wi-Fi, um, but I had all this stuff to be comfortable, to make me feel normal. And I'm so thank I was so thankful for it. I still am, but gets to a point where you know I am, you know, despite all the amazing care that the nurses were giving me, the you know living in the future, all the medication, the medicine that we have, all the technology, and my heart was still failing, and a heart didn't come in time. So one night I remember just being a little bit uncomfortable. And all's been moving smooth, but all of a sudden I get this shortness of breath. It's just mild, though. I'm not like <laughs> like gasping for air in my hospital bed, but like I recognize the symptoms, and I'm like, you know, I haven't had that in a while, so I should call the nurse. And they're like, okay, well, you know, we'll look at this for you. They, you know, take a closer look at me, and you know, don't really say anything. Next day, um, come into my room. It's like five nurses, like the nurses and like a couple doctors. And they, they're like, all right, so your condition has deteriorated. And, you know, it's just at this point where we're, you were, like, maxed out on dobutamine, milrinone, which are the two drugs that were keeping my heart beating and beating strong. But they, they're just like, this is it's not going anywhere. Um, so we're going to have to vag you. Mm-hmm. And I already knew what that meant, like. And I just, like, had to take that in for a minute. And, like, you know, there are tears shed because that's not the route that I wanted to take. I mm. didn't want any interruptions. By getting the VAD, that means that, you know, I have to go undergo a heart, open heart surgery that I wasn't ready for. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the thing. Like, in the ICU, like, I was actually trying to prepare myself. So I guess, you know, now looking back, like, I handled it pretty pretty damn well. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't try to fight nobody. Yeah, like, yeah. But, but I mean, like, hearing that news yeah, was shocking. Yeah, it's still shocking. Like, it, it really sucked. Like, you it, weren't as strong as you thought you were. Well, I mean, I think that even though you were there for that, you know, long period of time. Yeah. I mean, how ready does anybody, when somebody says, like, hey, there's this surgery and it's very, is it risky? It's a fairly risky surgery. Mm-hmm. And you're just, oh, you, what are you supposed to do? Just well, go, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, for you know? the heart transplant, out that I was looking forward to the heart transplant. Like, yeah, I wanted that. Like, I because well, that's the new beginning. Exactly, right? That's the pinnacle. Exactly, That'd be like this yeah. is the new beginning. I've looked at other stories. Most of the other stories I saw, but like I guess I didn't take it in much. Like I remember, um, there's one guy who had a heart transplant in the same place as me, right down. The, he was in the same room, right down the hall from me years before, and and I watched his story, and he was just like me. He was still up and talking, and I'm like, and he got his heart while waiting in the hospital. And I'm like, eh, I'll just be like him, yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, not every story is the same. Get my own path, man. Yeah. And man, I'm so glad I got that path because yeah. now arises AJ, the guy with the mechanical heart. Yeah, yeah. The heart in the backpack story. Yeah, which is how I how I knew you. This is where because that's how I met you. This is where we go Instagram viral. Yeah. So, I I mean, I I met you and I saw and I was like, what's going? I remember mean, was like, what's what's up with that? And I remember. Uh, my buddy was saying, he's like, oh, that's AJ. I'm like, and then I saw a video of you. Who the hell is AJ? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I just, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what you were carrying around. So, like, my sister had, um, she had uh, ulcerative colitis. So she had, like, right. all, you know, sometimes bag and all this other stuff she doesn't have anymore. But, I mean, like, carrying around stuff or, or something was on her, mm-hmm. you know, where, and you couldn't really tell, but you could tell if you, like, kind of knew but in your case, you have like this thing you're yeah. carrying around, you know, oh, yeah. and, and it's, what is it? It's the batteries that battery, you didn't want to take, you didn't, didn't want to carry around. What is it, like a car battery? It's just a giant battery. It was, awesome. it was a heavy? Battery. You want to buy some? No, it was only like eight pounds, seven pounds. That's still pretty heavy. That's heavy to carry around. I, yeah, I guess yeah. for some people. Like, yeah, no, not <laughs> me. some people. Not me over there. Yeah. But it was, uh, it, it took some getting used to. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, um. Anytime you move, it's like that movie where where the where the you know the little cute animal shows up and it the bigger animal is like unwelcoming of it, but eventually warms up to it. Yeah, you yeah. Eventually, grow a you, relationship with your bad with bed. your bad because yeah. you have to take care of it. There's this whole thing that you know. Um, when I was uh, when I'd gotten the vet, first of all. In about a couple of days, I began to realize like how much better this was without having a failing heart. Yeah. Even without getting the heart transplant, I mean, at least I was like, this isn't bad. Yeah. Like you guys did a good job inventing this. Like, yeah. Because you felt better. Did you feel better with I, it? Yeah, instantly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and then again, you get to see like, okay, well, that's what happens when everything is a little bit work, you know, working a little bit better in the human body. How sensitive the human body is. Yeah. But at this point, I have to deal with. Taking blood thinners, mm-hmm. and the first time you know introducing my body to that was terrible. I had like a two and a half hour nosebleed, mm. and um, they also had to do these dressing changes for the vat itself. And the and the bottom, yeah, yep. I, that's funny. so you'll see a lot of pictures where I'm like shirtless, and you'll have like the, there's a patch there, and there's a tube. Is there there's a tube going in there? Yeah, it's called your drive line. Okay, so that that drive line is the means of communication for the vat, the pump to the community uh, the computer does this go up and through then to the heart yep to the apex of the heart so the bottom of the heart where the left ventriculars uh the left ventricle sits yeah and then that will outflow to that goes through an outflow cannula up to the top of the heart to the uh ascending aorta and then and then to the, the rest body. of the body yeah and so um 
yeah, so my body was just wasn't getting any blood without it. You know, in the first place is your lungs, and so. And now with this. Now with this, no edema, no fluid retention. Um, you have to take blood thinners, and sometimes I had to give myself injections, but guess what? I got to go home. Yeah. Um, so you get a little trade there. You get to be discharged from the hospital, so that means that because you don't ha- require intensive care, you actually move down to, on the list. Okay. I was mad about that. That, that would kind of piss you off, yeah. Yeah, I was mad. Um, so then, yeah, you have this thing, and now how um, it's such a different change in lifestyle again for you because you go from being very healthy all of a sudden to finding out you have a problem, then all of a sudden being in the hospital two weeks, then getting out of the hospital, then going back in for mm-hmm. four months, and then getting out again. Now you got this you know, battery you're carrying around, this thing, and how you have to keep it. It's like I'm leveling up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but then you're going down on the list. You know, so that's pretty much of it. That's a big emotional roller coaster for you. Now, how does has that changed your attitude now? Are you more, um, you know, less apt to talk to people? Are you more shy now? At, are you more pissed? Point, or are you, you know, at that point, I've become, I, I've taken, I've done a lot of things in the hospital because what other can you do mm-hmm. besides PlayStation? Yeah. Hours on PlayStation were nuts. Yeah, do a lot of thinking, mm-hmm. um, and you just kind of say, "This is where I am in life." Mm-hmm. You have family that are supporting you and keeping you normal in the head. And you got to be grateful for that. You just have to keep accepting your now. I was accepting that I had this thing, you know, connected to my abdomen. And it didn't take long before I just started having fun with it. Yeah. You know, family had to adjust and everything. And I was just, I was really eager just for a sense of normalcy and get, being able to drive again. Yeah. Um, How long did you have this attached to you like how long was that a year and one month now is it year and one month because then after that do you find out that oh you just go you just wait wait a phone call okay so where do you have the number do you have a beeper on you like what what happened just a regular phone call i mean they some people still are they just like they're like hey Yep, your heart's ready. Like, what did they say? Yeah, so, Is that what they said? Is that what they said? Tell me exactly yeah, what they so said Yeah, so they, you. the way they did it was I was actually about to go to the gym. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is, um, I'm already back to, like, feeling normal. I'm just like, I'm working out. Like, I'm actually pretty damn good shape. Like, yeah. You know, and there's no pre-warning for this heart. No, technically, no. Um, yeah. Tec- the, you're, the, actually, the first phone call is somewhat of a pre-warning because uh, the reality is that, um, especially if there's time, uh, time sensitive or time urgency behind it, mm-hmm. they'll let you know early that there's a chance that they found a matching heart. Okay. And a lot of times people will get a second phone call saying it didn't match out completely. Okay. Okay. So but the way they did it was I was cleaning my room and I was just like, damn, I've had a long day. It's summertime. It's hot. I decided to just like take a quick, you know, quick 20 minute power nap on my bed, which always results in like hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. Yeah. And never, angry it's never, nap. it's never, it's never 20 minutes. Yeah. It's an angry nap. Um, and so as soon as I flopped out of my bed, like as soon as I hit my bed, do, 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 my phone's buzzing yeah. and I just pick it up and I put it up to my ear and I'm like, hello. And I, well, I look up the phone and I already recognize the number. It's Harvard hospital. And it's going to be like medicine change or like, yeah. we need to take you something, off this medic- something that's like pretty frequent regular. that they do. You come in and piss in this cup. Yeah. I just did that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> they call me and they're like. Hey, Andrew, uh, um, how are you today? And I'm like, I'm doing all right. And like, how do you feel? And I'm like, feel fine. About to go to the gym, actually. And like, do you feel like you're on top of the world? That's the one thing that, like I said, I'm like, I mean, no. 
know. Yeah, like, uh, there's something you're offering, like yeah. a speaking gig or something. And then, um, and they're like, uh, I said, uh, not really. And and they said, well, what if we told you that uh, we have a heart for you? And I'd be like, and I remember you. I, I tell you it, what I said was, <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> I tell you what I said. <laughs> because yeah. it was just so funny because my reaction was like, I said, well, how about that? Which is not a natural <laughs> yeah. response yeah. from me. Well, would you look at Which, that? Yeah, yeah. And I said it was such a, like a monotone because like, and like slowly like. But then it came. It was in. like, yeah, it started hitting me like the first time you get high or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you, it, um, over the next few minutes, I, first I call my mom and say, uh, so the hospital says they might have a heart for me. So just kind of like, cause there might be that second phone call. So yeah. they might be and they're like, Oh my God. My mom was at the grocery store. She told me. Yeah. And she told, she was there with her sister-in-law and they, they both were like super excited and they're like, Oh my God, we're coming to Connecticut right now. I'm like, no, no. Cause if they call cause back, you don't know. And they're like, be a second. see you soon. And I'm like, well, can't stop them now. Yeah. Um, and now how soon from the first phone call to the second phone call? All right, so the, the the time I give you, I went and I was training with, uh, you know, Ron. I know Ron. Ron yeah. yeah, I love Ron. Uh, I was training with Ron for the time, and I was actually looking forward to, like, months of training with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, like, the too. second week. Yeah. And I go to Ron, and I just uh, I, I just go, hey, Ron, uh, so let's get this workout in. Yeah. Which was good because I was starting to feel stressed at this point. Yeah. Um, Thinking about, like, what had to happen for mm-hmm. this so I was lucky enough to have like uh, a workout, an riding. outlet, an outlet. Yeah. To, to get so, him. and I told Ron and, um, you know, Ron being the great friend he is, he kind of was just like, it's awesome news. And, you know, he knew I was here to work out. So he's like, let's deadlift. Let's just, he's like, awesome let's news. Let's deadlift. Yeah. I love Ron. I got to work out him before my freaking heart transplant. Yeah. Uh, like, I just think that's so cool. That's badass. Um, so I got the workout on great work, probably the greatest workouts of my life. No yeah. one was happening. And then there was still some time. I was still waiting on that phone call. So I'm like, I need to go somewhere. Cause like now I'm back to like thinking I go to my friend's house. His name is Derek. And, um, he lives right down the street from me has been since like middle school. And, uh, he's a nurse. And so I went to his house and they came out. Um, I said to him, I'm like, Hey man, what's up? Like I, I told him on the phone, I was like, Hey, I'm coming by, you know, can, I'm just going to hang out for a little bit. And he's like, uh, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. I'll see you in a minute. He's like, uh, okay, we're going to be ordering a pizza. And I'm like, oh, no, I, don't, I, I can't, I won't have any. Yeah. Because like, like, yeah, fast before you yeah. major surgery. And so he's like, okay. So I come by, he comes out and he's like, he's already walking because I think he's a little concerned. Yeah. And so I just go, hospital called. And he knew exactly what that meant. He's like, yeah, like yeah. he comes and gives me a hug. And Stuck. then I say the same thing to his mom. His mom gives me a big hug and I'm like, like, yeah, let's celebrate with pizza. And I'm like, I can't eat it. Yeah, because of the yeah. fasting. Yeah. <laughs> and I was kind of hungry, too, because I yeah. just worked out. But um, excitement overwhelmed that. And so, uh, you know, I needed something to do. So I go and drive and pick up the pizza with Derek. And that's when I get the second phone call saying, so, um, yeah, there's no rush. Just come in whenever you're ready. Grab whatever you need. You, n- you don't need to rush. Um, and now this is hours after. Getting the first this is phone probably call, probably like two and a half hours after. See, that's that's whew, that's what a that's phone that call. W- that's two hours of your life where you're like, where you're, yeah, where you need please. to. So yeah, Ugh, big you know. big piece of advice. If you're ever feeling stressed, anxious about something, try to try to complete a task. Yeah, um, that you have down. Clean something. Yeah, do, do something. Yeah, it's work out. Good. Do just, some deadlifts yeah. with Ron. Yeah. Oh, some. Deadlifts. Yeah, yeah, with Ron will definitely help. Yeah, you get that second phone call. The second, second phone, phone call, call. of. Probably the phone call you've been waiting for for the official. Uh, what about two years now? 
Oh yeah, I mean, call it, if you can call it that, like yeah, you know, I mean, like, but you know what I mean, a while, like yeah. for a long <laughs> I time. New heart for, a, you know, until it, it had to be proven. You know, there's a lot of that you have to endure before you can just you know get a heart transplant. It's not something that they have on a shelf. Something you can just go get. So, these questions are from the gram, and I think that a lot of them are we've kind of already answered. You know, at least one of one of those, but this I think is probably one of the best. Uh, questions, best worded questions. Um, what was it that shored up your mental fortitude to push through at your weakest point? Like, what was your weakest point, and what was the mental game that you played with yourself, or the, like that that you actually elevated? You know, throughout that. I would say that you can't, you don't, you you just can't go it alone. Yeah. You. At some point, I would say luck does come into play because it's a lot of people won't have the same support system. They won't be surrounded with you know great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, may that be their caretakers, family, or friends. And I would say that my lowest was probably around when I denied that ambulance ride mm-hmm. because that was. It, it was a combination of an obvious, obviously me not doing well, being sick. Some, you know, people put going into action to help me. So the guy calling 911, <clears throat> ambulance coming to come uh, help me. And then, um, and then just like, this is my, uh, this could have, for all I know, going to the hospital that day, they could have like found something, put me on a medication that I would do well. And, and just like, I could have just kept going on that, you know, with you know another medication, and who knows what it could have, could have been. I denied serious help. So you're you're saying that they could have that the damage could have not been done already. Who knows? They, you, oh, okay. So you're you're saying it? Could yeah, have like been. I could have if I had accepted that hospital ride. Yeah. I didn't want to have to deal with you know with the drama. Yeah. Uh, and but I, I end up dealing with it anyway. Like, yeah. And even more now. So now it's like the a good point man it's like because now what do you play that what if game a lot with that before oh all the time do you yeah i I not even is it it. is it is it something you struggle with now or you've accepted oh no i'm all about being present in the moment and from there you are able to um, remain as emotionless as possible especially when you need to make a an important decision like that yeah you don't go driving your car when you're in a fit of rage yeah you know um or even super happy necessarily. You know, you want to get on the phone and tell your friend about the promotion you just got and, you know, going driving. That's not a good combination. Or when you need help, now you're more apt to go. The hey. person I just interviewed for work on my Instagram live gave a great message. Um, shout out to Jess who actually comes through here. Yeah. Yeah. Jess, I love time. Jess. Yeah. Um, she said, don't make those kind of decisions when you're emotional. Like you can't, you really can't. That's huge. Don't, you know, walk into your uh, car dealership and you got to, you know, pockets full of money and you're emotionally you know attached to a car buy it like yeah positively charged or negatively charged you don't want to do exactly. that and you i wanna, agree with that and yeah. you got to be able to recognize when that state of and, and so really that's it's really important to i think that's what allowed me to kind of come out out of that deep space is because i was in a place where i knew i couldn't move as much um it, it, it took losing a lot of myself to finally, you know, you cut away all the distractions and see what you're left with. 
and you're able to say, well, all I have now is the trust I put into these people who are taking care of me. If they don't F up, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Transplant the wrong heart. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, wrong yeah, don't. Or something like that. Uh, yeah. Like, you got to be willing to accept that. And then when you do, it's like you're being nice to the world. It's like, oh, well, everything you interact with in the world now, you put those goods those good vibes out, they'll come back to you. It's a true thing. Like put, I'm going to try to be nice. But I'm going to appreciate the sunset that I got to see after I got my transplant. Oh, one of the most, like yeah. those mornings were just so great. But coming from that dark place to come out of that dark place, you just have to just sit yourself down and just like, even if you have to do this in the middle of the day, you just sit there, accept where you are right now and try to just strip yourself of everything around you and, you know, where are you right now? And just accept that. And then try to just, and then move forward and be nice on your brain. Like your brain does so much processing for you. So you're not over-emotional. So you're not overstimulated with all the real, you know, dangers and stresses of the world. Appreciate that. And, you know, from there you can start making healthy decisions. You'll be empowered too. And, you know, it, that's what came out of it. You know, I, I knew that remaining more, like, if I can be myself as much as I can, uh, I'll get through this. You know, that's where I, you know, I founded the nonprofit from in the ICU. And um, I'm telling myself, okay, I just, you know, I got actually, like, letters in the mail from the state, you know, asking for a clarification. Are you going to be a 501c3? I'm doing that from a hospital bed. And why can't you, you know? And I realized that I could order stuff off of Amazon. Yeah, and I was, yeah. I was like buying candy and yeah. And so I mean, that's not really what. It, but I proved to myself that I was able to do something. I was building something. I was still bringing awareness to something, and that's just something I wanted to do. You know, growing up. You know, you were thinking, you were thinking larger than your circumstances and your situation. Yeah, which I think that I can speak from my own experience when I was younger. Somebody said something and they said it actually was only like maybe a couple months ago. And she said, I always knew that you were different. She goes, I remember when she goes, I remember when you lied and I know you didn't have any place to go and you lied about it. Mm -hmm. And I knew that you slept outside. Like I knew that you were, you were homeless essentially. And she goes, but you still were trying to like make me happy and you still were trying to you know get a job you know you still were trying to like do certain things and I thought larger of the current circumstances that I was in and I didn't want it and I knew that it wasn't me forever so you sitting there in a hospital bed you know with uh tubes you know coming in and out of you doing you know, push-ups on your chair and stuff, you knew that this was larger than you, that this w- this has an opportunity to be larger than you. And you had the nurses that were taking better care of you and you were putting trust and that's a huge deal. And that's a huge lesson to learn, I think, at a young age. I learned it at a very young age, which is probably why I gravitate towards you, you know, and you learned this at a very young age as well, you know, and that's a huge... It's, lesson to learn man yeah you and and we we are we have to learn these lessons which makes us that gives us certain power and the, our, our story is our power 
because we're able to share our story, our experiences, hopefully lands among the right ears, right pair of open ears, and they start, you know, leading their life to avoid, you know, whether you can call them mistakes or anything. There's like so much that people grasp that I don't even realize um, from my own speeches, which is why it's important to keep telling your story because people will tell you what stands out to them and the things that stand out to them is things that you probably in your, whatever you're presenting, you kind of just fly over. But for them, it's like, it's monumental. It's such a huge impact. (laughs) Well, to you, maybe to you, those, those couple sentences were words, but who are we to, to say that that sentence, those words didn't hit so hard with somebody that they were like, wow. And And then that was just for you. That was just a couple little sentences. Oh yeah. Once I realized what yeah. just your words can do, what kind of power they hold, yeah. man, I ran with that. So you're taking a communications college student and you give him the internet, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you're just yeah. like, I'm like, I, like I'm on it. I yeah, did a little bit. Be great. We studied some journalism. Yeah. And at the point where it re- I realized that I was like, guy working out with a machine attached to his heart. This can Media's be going to eat this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is going to be great. Yep, and that opened up some doors. So, and, yeah. and 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 that's that's huge. And and I knew that would be you know this. And we kind of touched on these other um, questions. Um, anyway, anyway, so I kind of want to close out with the experience with with getting that you got the heart. You wake up, you get that call, and you wake up with. Um, big scar on your chest which I think looks dope by the way I'm I thing about scars I think I, I'm like that's dope you know and you have this scar and now are you reminded is there a part of you that is reminded because I mean you got this you know you're all you know jacked and you know annoyingly good looking to me <laughs> and <laughs> you know so you know then you have this and you have somebody else like there's a there's a piece there's somebody else in there too is, is and it, this blows my mind like it, as a kid I didn't even like, I, you're not even on that radar now it's like I think about that stuff all the time I'm like holy the great, shit the, 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 the most valuable thing to come out of that and what I mean valuable is that it, it can be valuable in a good way and could be you know, irresponsibly used so you're making a decision for two people yeah so when you go ahead and make a you know you know you sometimes it's I'll, I'll make better decisions about what I'm about to eat. Yeah. Not as recently. Shame. Yeah. But you're, it's two people you're thinking about. Cause I, I did meet my donor parents. Yes. I see that they have grandchildren. And so it, it's like, okay, so I've been gifted with the ability to second, you know, yes. like, at, yeah. You're like, like, I want that pizza. Yeah. And I don't want to call it hesitation right. or anything like won't. that, but you know, yeah, it's exactly. Dude, that's so, amazing. So you get that from it. You know, some people say like, Oh, do you, start having dreams of like, yeah. you know, do you have certain food cravings? And I'm like, it didn't really come that way. Like when I, when I woke up with the new heart, the first thing I thought was there was something wrong because yeah. I had been without a discernible pulse and blood pressure for the past year. Yeah. And, um, not I mean, before that it was just super weak. Yeah. And now, man, they say that the heart beats with the strength of when you take a tennis ball and squeeze it with your fist. Yeah. That's how hard your heart is working. Yeah. I felt that in my fingertips when I woke up. That's amazing. It got me on fentanyl and whatever under the sun. You still and felt I, it. And I still felt I was just like, like I serious tremors from the medication. But like I was scared that like 
man effed up. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, I've been nice. <laughs> I was nice. I waited. <laughs> what did you do? Put it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> It was the return. That's so it was like the return of blood. life. Yeah, to, to parts wow. of my body that didn't feel it for such a long time. That must be amazing. Went from turbocharged to naturally aspirated. <laughs> it's a different feeling. And, Dude, and, that's amazing. Yeah. I could feel, like, I, I, I don't feel it like that, but, I mean, I could imagine. The best, wow. The, the, be, the closest way to describe it is, like, when you are, like, watching a movie and you end up in a weird position in your arm, your leg falls asleep, mm-hmm. and then... But it's more like not pins and needles, but it, it's that initial. It's all over your body, though. Yeah, like it's it's all over your body. It's like happening in different parts of your body in different times. Like so, it gets overstimulating because it's happening all at once, and you're trying to like. It's now it's in my legs. Now it's in my feet. Now it's in my shoulder. Like yeah, and so you're like, wow, this is really like really weird. Super anxious. I was, and so we've talked about th- we've talked about this now. Do you, did you know what your donor looked like and what what they were gender yep. all that stuff yep so his name was donald donald yeah donald smith donnie yeah <laughs> i would do that exactly, all the time. Yeah. i would donnie, i don't know yeah, yeah. donnie um, yeah that's amazing and uh he was in his um mid-30s okay and um like a lot of uh ways people become organ donors it was through a car accident well motorcycle accident yeah and um yeah. It was actually negligence of another driver, which is, you know, so, really sad. That's sad. And, um, you know, he, he unfortunately just didn't survive his injuries. And uh, it was, he, he was, I believe he was in the hospital for about a week or so. Um, and then. Before his condition got worse. And then, you know, he just not going to, there wasn't going to be a turnaround. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was very grateful to meet my donor family. And yeah. experience such a meeting in love, man. That's oh, got to be it love. It was a lot of you know emotions flying through. I could just feel it. Yeah. I and don't. the thing about people in my family is that we don't really show our emotions very well. Like I would be crying. Like, I, like crazy. Well, not necessarily show them, but we like we we're able to keep our wits up. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I was very excited. I was you know optimistic. Um, and uh, you know you let it's one of those moments where you just gotta let you know whatever happens happen. And we ended up getting along, and it was really you know, it's beautiful. You know, they shared me pictures of the family, uh, photo album, and everything, and um, ended up making a few connections uh, through you know our ta- our past and whatnot. And um, it was just so the best way to describe it is actually weird, yeah, in a good way. And yeah, yeah, he, it is an odd situation. I mean, how often are you in that situation? Exactly, you know, it's like never. Yeah, you're in it once in a lifetime, and it makes sense now. And yeah, you understand why people who um, are affected by transplant rarely want to uh, meet their donors or recipients because um, of they want to avoid that you know weird weird thing. and that's yeah. perfectly fine but you know when you do it it's one of those humanizing moments where you first thing is that you're proud that you did it yeah my my, my dad was a organ donor and he was in a motorcycle accident and I, I got all those like donor you know things where they send it to you like oh you got you know it was eyes and lungs and you know right. stuff like that so that made me feel really it actually made me feel better you know it it, it did because i knew that that's what my dad would have wanted you yeah. know so but to be able to meet somebody that has given you life yeah. their family um through death is and that the, that's so that's such a whew, situation like there, was, there was a chilling moment though she yeah. told me like 
And like um, for people, that's the way it's been described when I tell people this. Um, there's a way you, there's something called direct directed donation. And that's uh, if you you're you have a loved one who's an organ donor and they're willing to, part, you know, donate, you can uh, direct, you can um, you know uh, opt to see if it was viable for someone you know. Really? Yeah. And so they knew someone in New York who was in need of a transplant, but for some reason, you know, I guess the wind blew a different direction. Yeah. She told me they decided that we just want to leave it to fate as to who gets the heart next man and so i'm like when she told me that i just kind of like that's beautiful that one parley that one kind of like messed up my com- my computer <laughs> my brain for a the second butterfly like, effect i was like i was just like feeling. i just kind of was like thank you <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like defaulted i have just like fried my computer Dude. just fried and i just it was defaulted. too much for your brain thank you like, yeah and I was just like, whoa, like that's like. That's one that gets you later on in the car. Yeah. When you like, get in the car, you're like. Oh. oh, no, that was like late at night. I yeah. was thinking, I was like, oh, I had such a good day. And then I remember like. She's like, it was fate. Because yeah, they could have like, directed it. To, yeah, it could have went to someone else. I could have waited for whoever knows how much longer. Like. That's just. So, yeah, much. that's. um. That's there's too just so many parts of the story that you just. You just look back now. Yeah, it's, and, and it's is so this, powerful. Is this the deal? Is you just like, you're always like. Oh, yeah, yeah. A couple like, times I've had that. Did I actually like, wake up from my transplant? Yeah. Kind of thing. You don't want to go down that road sometimes. <laughs> like, you just be accepting of where you are. Where it, it, Once again, being in the present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, that's just such a crazy, that's like a crazy story for me to hear. Because, like like I said, I, I don't do well when I'm physically not there. You know what I mean? Like, I've gone through a lot of emotional things, like things that are awful. But I've always had, like, this physical way about me you know to be able to get out of it or whatever yeah. but that is just like for me so when i kind of dove down the rabbit hole on you i was like oh my god i was like this is rough i'm like this is rough and there was moments even for me where i was like i don't know how you know somebody can do that but seeing you now man is just it it's great and i love you know you know i i see you all the time you know what i mean i say and, and i i, I like having you around and it's just you, you know it's nice to you know sometimes i'll like point out like hey do you know that guy you know <laughs> it has somebody else's heart in it. you know i mean now it's his heart but i mean you know and they're like what are you talking about i'm like it's a hard thing you know and <laughs> you didn't look him up and then they look him up and i get a text and they're like oh my god that story is amazing and like that's what i like about it is it's that it really can spark really um, yeah something something beautiful um so i mean i i gotta say like where uh, where can they, the people find you? Where, where some of the the stuff, the you know, as far as the um, organizations that you work with, where can they find those? Where can they do those? Where can you direct people towards that type right, of stuff? Right. So the organization yeah. I work for now um, is New England Donor Services, and I'm a multicultural community outreach coordinator for them. So I do a lot of work here in Connecticut, uh, especially in the Hartford, Bridgeport, and New Haven areas, to educate, especially at schools hospitals, nurses, resident doctors, educate, educate about the realities, myths around organ and tissue donation. Mm-hmm. I share my story just like I did here. Yeah. And uh, I really try to normalize the. My goal is to really normalize the conversation. Yeah. Um, which is really about death and dying. But yeah. uh, it's more than just talking about what it means to be an organ donor, what happens, the process. It's one of those conversations that when it starts in the family it can just it really can put a family into such a great moment where they 
learn so much about each other. Yeah. Um, I've had people, you know, uh, or mainly students go home, have the conversation and they say, yeah, we're, you know, closer as a family. Um, you know, and this is irregardless, irregardless. Yeah. 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 It's regardless if they support organ donation or not, they had this discussion where they learned so much about each other and they're just closer as a family. They can have, it's easier to have a discussion. Those conversations. Yeah. And I, that is so important. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely like, I can say that I love my job. That's awesome. And where can they, and where can they find you? And so they can, um, find me, uh, so I'm on Instagram fitness with AJ. Yeah. Uh, organization is new England donor services also on Instagram. Um, uh, I'm not going to give out my work email here. Yeah, you're not but, getting uh, his work email. <laughs> Just reach out to him on Instagram. I mean, it's yeah, such a, yeah, check yeah. out some of the stories on there. Yeah, yeah. and um, I haven't been on YouTube in a while, but um, I do look forward to actually having a uh, show of myself yeah i'm probably gonna be doing some streaming along with that too need looking to, forward man. to some new games i love yeah i just got a new house so i need to set up that second bedroom as that little Dude, workstation you need to i, I think it's beautiful absolutely beautiful can't wait um <laughs> yeah man seriously thank you Thank you for doing this. I was, oh, re- I, I, I felt I'm like it was the right, did. it was the right, dude. I told yeah. you, I wasn't ready, and now I'm ready. And it's summertime. It's summertime. And it's Friday. And it's Friday. I'm gonna go have some lemon cello. Have it in the fridge. Uh, or, or yeah, yeah. You can, yeah. You remember, you think for two. I think for only one as of right now. And I got to drive. Yeah, and yeah. Well, there's <laughs> that too. I'm gonna get a ride. Um. So seriously, thank you. Um. And uh, yeah, don't forget hit subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Um, yeah, subscribe now. Yes, none of that. All right, we're out of here. AJ, it was a pleasure. Always great to see you, Ben. (laughs) Let's do it.